0: Oh, hello everybody and welcome to episode five of the rage in peace podcast we hope you've had a very very good week and uh yeah let's hope we have a very very good show in return uh, as usual i am joined by barnaby and christoph have you each had a very good week
1: it's been about, magical, about as good as it could
0: truly be really magical You know, there's going to be a week one day where we find out that you guys don't answer at the same time because then nobody can hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Barnaby, have you had a good week, mate?
1: Same as usual, stuck indoors doing absolutely jack shit. But other than that, it's been good.
2: Very, very good. What about you, Christoph? Oh, yeah, cracking, cracking. Amazing,
1: amazing.
0: Well, we're uh, we're each handling a couple of alcoholic beverages because it's been one of those weeks um but we've got a fairly stacked show for you uh so reviews this week come from if i just get my uh, list in front of me so we've got corporate Kearney with their new records we've also got uh, tribulation and uh we've also got product product of hate with their brand new record and uh, we're also going to do a little bit on a band called low lives who have recently released a brand new ep uh, and also, as as usual, the um, Slated and Celebrated comes from uh, Parkway Drive this week with their 2015, 15, 16, yeah. Yeah, 15 record Aya. Uh, um, but before we get to all that, uh, we should probably discuss what's been going on in the news this week. And uh, I feel that there's probably no other place that we can start, really from uh, Marilyn Manson who has been sort of dominating the the headlines uh this week um so i mean i'd be surprised if anybody listening doesn't know but just to fill you in so uh Marilyn Manson has been accused of uh quite horrible accusations uh this past yeah. week with uh With a previous partner, um, who is also quite a a high-profile person. I understand it's... uh, What's her name? Sorry, it's Rachel...
1: Rachel. Uh, Evan Rachel Rachel Wood, and she stars in Westworld, I believe.
0: Okay. I mean, it's not a person I'm familiar with, unfortunately. Yeah, Um, not me neither. Yeah, so um, it's been a bit of a, a bleak week in terms of of looking at these headlines because a lot of the the news and the allegations that have come forward are pretty disturbing um now before i give my opinions on this uh firstly i want to make it crystal clear that um that i am wholeheartedly against any kind of abuse whether that be physical mental um and and again in in terms of anybody that does this I, I wholeheartedly 100% agree that they should be held accountable and uh and uh, prosecuted for you know th- these these actions and I'm, 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 i i'm i can say this but i'm pretty certain as like as a whole we all are in agreement that you know any kind of horrible horrible abuse should 100% be dealt with in the right way and you know said people should be prosecuted Yeah, Uh, yeah, of course. Um, Absolutely. So, as I say, I mean, a bit of a backstory. So Marilyn Manson, um, his ex-partner, Rachel Evan Wood, uh, has come forward and gone public with abuse claims. Um, You can search the Internet for the details should you wish to. Um, Since uh, since the claims have come forward, uh, Manson has essentially had his entire career and legacy um, basically taken from him overnight so you he, mean he, you name it record labels uh longtime managers peers uh, they've essentially just completely condemned him as a human being and um, I'll be honest with things of this nature um, which kind of seem to come up Every every other month it seems to be now. Um, this really does seem to highlight the way in which society is broken <laughs> in many yeah, ways.
1: Yeah, I get what you mean. Um, I mean, to the extent where
0: judge, jury, executioner is essentially in the hands of social media uh, before it's in, you know, in any kind of federal investigation. That's taken place, you know. It just seems to be that as soon as something of this nature comes up, which is always going to stem from, you know, social media, immediately everyone is going to be jumping on top of it and immediately giving their opinions on it and then starting to condemn somebody that, you know, hasn't given their side of the story or hasn't essentially addressed the issue itself. Um, so, I mean, what, what was your immediate thoughts when you first read the news? Did you guys kind of, uh, what, what was your thought process as soon as you sort of saw this in the headlines?
1: Yeah, well, for for me personally, it was just like, well, shit, these are some pretty fucking big accusations. And especially when you got people like you know, Trent Reznor and Wes Borland coming out and saying that, oh, this is definitely 100% true. It's like, there's mm-hmm. a possibility that this might actually have happened, but... As you said, that's the problem when the fucking judge, jury, executioner is on social media, and it just seems that it's only been getting worse over the past few years. Like I remember back in uh, back in the day when Tim Lambesis of Azalee dying, he obviously got sent to jail for uh, the hitman charges of um, trying to hire a hitman to murder his ex wife. But mm. even back then, social media was not as bad in like condemning him until the evidence came forward. And mm. I mean, it's an issue within in itself I could discuss for hours, but For me personally, as horrible as the allegations are, I'm just going to like, well, where's the actual proof? As soon as some evidence comes forward, then I'll make a judgment. Like, if there's actual proof that he's done it, then of course he should suffer to the fullest extent of what the punishment should be. But until then, how are you meant to know? Uh, Yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, what about you, Christoph? I mean, what were your initial thoughts as soon as this came up in the, the, the headlines?
2: I mean, at first, obviously, you always have this kind of thing of like, is it or isn't it like the first things i read were a little bit vague and then obviously like barney said you had people like um trent resner saying like yeah do I, whatever's being said about him is true this guy and like you know if as soon as you have people who know a person and haven't been subjected to their shit go no actually you know that's what this person is then yeah i was, I was kind of like okay Maybe this is a little bit more fucked than you thought. And then I read, I can't for the life of me remember who the person is, but one of the girls mm-hmm. who came forward was like, Oh yeah, the first time I went to his house, he took me into his rape chamber. <laughs> and yeah. like, and he, you know, he had a separate room just just for abuse. Yeah. yeah. And at that point, I was like, do you know what? Like, that's that's fucked. You know, mm-hmm. and I've seen pe- people online be like, oh, but it further shows his character and like trying to glamorize it. I'm like, you can't like, sh- yeah, he's a fucked up person, but you can't glorify it. It's part of his image. And like, Well, I hate to break it to you, but rape and abuse aren't part of an image unless you're a wrong one. Uh, Exactly. I mean, yeah. uh, you yeah.
0: know, you, you cannot and uh, again, just to reaffirm as a podcast as all as, as the free individuals that are talking about this you know we as a whole collectively agree that any kind of abuse of any nature will not it cannot be tolerated and uh and should rightfully be uh you know addressed and rightfully be punished as the law sees fit now um you know at this stage this is all speculative because uh, I mean, Marilyn Manson has since released a statement that essentially has addressed these claims and said that, you know, he wholeheartedly uh, um, rejects any of these these claims. And, you know, I mean, I think in, in, in the statement itself, he specifically addressed the fact that, you know, he is no stranger to controversy. I mean, his, his whole career, he has had to deal with controversy. And uh, and this, in essence, is basically just another one of those those issues. Um, But the difference is, is that this time round, you know, (laughs) his his labels dropped, dropped him. His manager of 25 years has dropped him. He's had peers like Barney said. He's had Trent Reznor and and Wes Borland Borland. come out and, you know, they've effectively just condemned him um
2: so he's know. also he's been edited like so he was in the new he's in the new series of american gods and he has quite a big part in it mm. and obviously they've shot the entire series now and they're releasing it week by week they've actually had to go to the effort of editing him out of it from now on mm. and i think they got a bit lucky i know it sounds harsh to say it. in a way they got a bit lucky because they did get to a point in the last episode where they can easily rub him off the board. Mm. But, like, yeah, yeah, it's savage. You know, it's just been rubbed out of of history.
0: Is that the kind of deal where they would have somebody come in and replace the character and and replace the role, or is it?
2: No, I reckon, so not to spoil or anything, I reckon at the end of it, like, he basically blows up this bar that they're all in, uh, out, out of rage. From Odin. Um, so yeah. I reckon actually, and then yeah, that's that's pretty much the end of that part of the episode. So mm-hmm. I reckon you could easily be like, Well, do you know what I went and offed him? You know, he stepped out of line, I went and so you wouldn't have to replace the character. The character's okay. not in the book anyway. Ah right. So it would yeah. be yeah, easy but, um... to just rub it out rather than replace him as a character and get someone else in. And I'm guessing they'll just CGI him out. change a few scripted lines or whatever reshoot a tiny bit yeah
0: yeah
2: okay oh well well, there we go there's
0: there's a spoiler for all fans of american
2: gods uh presumably it's a (laughs) television
0: show (laughs) i don't know i've never seen it but um, it's so good (laughs) we're getting on topic i mean um the one thing i mean well it's clearly it's a very kind of horrible horrible thing to to read and you know you you don't want to see any anyone going through the alleged claims that 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 have obviously been uh, publicized on the internet um but i did just want to highlight something i mean there's obviously over the last few years there's been this whole cancel culture movement Yes. Uh, when it comes to society and it effectively obviously is you know, the purpose of it is to you know oust any kind of wrongdoings by any uh high profile individuals um which I, I mean i i i can see the 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 idea of it being great but the problem within that is is you take this into consideration. So Marilyn Manson having the legacy and having the, uh, the career that he has had. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you two, but for me personally, Marilyn Manson has always been just like the perfect figurehead for misfits. Um, I mean, when you look at the kind of music that we talk about uh, being, you know, within the rock and metal community, I've always felt that Marilyn Manson's kind of been like the David Bowie of it, essentially.
1: You no, know, I'll agree to that. I'll agree to that. Yeah. He's just always
0: been this outlandish character in the world. That's always gone against what people expect him to do. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Marilyn Manson. You know, I, I absolutely adore his records. Um, but when this kind of thing rears its head, and you you know you have, you, you kind of see this stuff a lot when it comes to actors, and um, you know, uh, I mean, it does happen with musicians, but you know, actors and you know, more recently, comedians have also had this, yeah, uh, where the, this whole cancel culture comes into play, where these allegations come up years after the events took place, and you know multiple people come forward and then once this happens there seems to be this kind of click clickbait culture where oh well that's a popular subject let me suddenly voice my opinions about this um even though i had plenty of time to do this after the initial you know the initial incident yeah um exactly and, and, you know, the issue with this cancel culture is, is that, um, you know, all of these people come forward and they support these allegations without knowing the the actual ins and outs of, of these two individuals. You know, I mean, we you know, we don't know what the fuck happened between Marilyn Manson and this, you know, this 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 Rachel. um I keep forgetting the name. Sorry, was it Rachel? Oh.
1: Evan Rachel Wood.
0: Evan Rachel Wood. Sorry, again. That, that's. Yeah. Um, I apologise, but um, yeah, I mean, we we as as free individuals that are just basically on social media, and we know nothing of either of them other than the, you know, the the, the art that they do. We don't yeah. know anything about them as pers- as as people. You know,
2: as oh, far I as we're concerned. Pro- sorry, Chris. Yeah, go on, mate. Oh, sorry. So the other problem is like before this big social media hype and before all of this council culture and stuff, it was you always had the rule of like you're innocent until you're proven guilty.
0: Well, yeah, yeah exactly. And like, like, whereas he, yeah. now it's you're it, basically guilty until you're proven innocent.
2: And then once you become proven innocent, it takes 10 times longer for your the proof of your innocence to get passed around than it did to, you know, assume like the. The the bad,
1: well, sometimes even it then it's not enough. People are still like, "Well, the evidence wasn't that solid; that he's innocent." It's yeah. like sometimes the damage is long lasting and it will not heal, basically. Yeah,
0: because again, I mean, you can you can kind of, in many ways, point that to the fact that these quite high profile people are coming out with these statements condemning the man, without without knowing yes. the ins and outs of yeah the case or the ins and outs of what's going yeah. on yeah and the issue with that is is that these high profile people have so many followers that they're then gonna basically say well if i like them and they think that then i should think that too and um and the issue with that is is that when you know well, i'm not saying if or when uh the allegations against manson do turn out to be false or if they you know, whatever yeah uh if we hypothetically say that this does turn out to be a false claim and marilyn manson is acquitted of all of these allegations (laughs) he what's he going to come back to he's going to come back to a tarnished career where all of these people that have been brainwashed by all of these individual these high profile people uh you know uh basically going to think less of him yeah it is you know it's just a it's an upsetting thing to see yeah um uh, for me personally I'm, i i personally think that you know a person shouldn't be considered guilty until it's in the hands of the right people mm-hmm. until he's had a trial until he's had uh you know uh, an option to defend himself in the right way then why should he be considered as a guilty person <laughs> you know it just seems like such an injustice and Again, that's just the society that we live in now. We yeah. live in a society where you basically are accused of being, uh, you know, something that you're not until you eventually get to, uh, you know, <laughs> that ultimate decision from the, uh, the law. You know, yeah, exactly. Well, if I may so,
1: chime in on something, Stephen, when you were talking about the list of famous people who have come out and given their two cents on this um, one, Amber Heard. I'm guessing we're all familiar with, has come out and basically supported what Evan Rachel Wood has been saving and even put out a tweet so far as to say, how long can you guys ignore this?
0: Mm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, again, I mean, um, the, the only thing I can suggest is is that if it's that obvious, why do you feel the need to go on a social media platform and promote it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, leave it to the hands of the ultimately the people that make these decisions and the people that, that you know juries and surely have people from mixed backgrounds that make these decisions you've got judges you've got attorneys you know that they're in those positions and they're not just in those positions because they've signed up to an instagram account or a facebook account they're in those positions because they've signed up you know that they they've done their they've done their education you know that they can approach these situations with an open mind uh, and they they can obviously make their their judgments completely based off uh, education and, and looking at it from an outside point of view, whereas social media these days, you've got people that like certain people and you've got people that don't like certain people, and uh, <laughs> you know if you're going to have I don't know we've mentioned you know we've mentioned high profile people here that. Uh, have gone against Marilyn Manson and have essentially essentially condemned the man before they know the ins and outs of the case Um, you know there is a reason why they're high profile you know I mean uh, (laughs) that they've got a lot of followers and as I said before if if they're going to say that well there's a person I like there that's uh, you know condemning someone that means I should too without knowing any of the background information or knowing anything up to this point, then, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, it, it's just a horrible, horrible way of, of how society these days digests this kind of, uh, th- these kind of accusations and, um, but we'll see what happens. I mean,
1: yeah, exactly. Personally, That's always... Yeah. Sorry, yeah. mate. Yeah. What are you going to say? I mean, as I was about to say, I absolutely agree. That's all we really can do, is just wait for any substantial evidence that may come forward to come forward and take it from there. That's yeah. all we That's all we can do, basically.
0: I mean, for me personally, I mean, I, I feel that Marilyn Manson has at least, at least earned the benefit of the doubt at this point.
1: Exactly.
0: I mean, I, at least wait until he's, you know, had a chance to, you know, talk to lawyers and you know that they can build up a case i mean we're only only hearing one side of the story at this point we're not hearing the second side of the story and why that should essentially condemn a man is bonkers to me you know i mean you can't listen to one person's side of a story and immediately condemn someone's legacy and career
2: without hearing the other side of it yeah. And but, you know, yeah. that, that, look at Johnny essentially... Depp. It was the same with him, you know.
1: Well, yeah, that's why yeah. I wanted tr- to bring Amber Heard up. Tr-
2: and trying to get, back, you know, and even since him being proven innocent, and actually even worse than being proven innocent, since him being proved to actually been the victim in the situation. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Even that's trying I
2: mean. to get, you know, like it was only because of the public and the internet's backing, that he's back on Pirates of the Caribbean. Even after being proven innocent, they still didn't want to take him back. And everyone was like, well, it's morally fucked of you to not
1: want to take him back. And it's the same with Manson. Like, his
2: labels aren't going to pick him up and go, Mm -hmm. oh, okay, we'll we'll back this new album of yours, actually. And do you know what? We'll do that. They're not. Like, you know, even once you got proven innocent after having this much blackening of, of your reputation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. you can never recover from it yeah
1: if you think about it in this way it's almost a 21st century form of a witch hunt yeah Mm.
0: Uh, exactly Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah it's just this is the problem with social social media has got to it's gotten to a point where now where it has an influence over so much uh so much stuff i mean like
1: yeah exactly it's just
0: it's a sad thing to see, man. I mean, uh, as I say, I, I'm wholeheartedly a Marilyn Manson fan, um, and, and I sincerely hope that these allegations aren't true. But if they are, then I do I appreciate that you know he needs to be, be behind bars. That's yeah, completely exactly understandable.
1: Yeah, but been, at this yeah.
0: point, at this point in the in the case or at this point in the situation, you know, these allegations have come forward. And he hasn't yet, uh, you know, defended himself in the right way, but it just seems as though, as, as though social media have immediately condemned him as being guilty, and that shouldn't be a that, that that's not wrong. That, that that I mean that's not right, should I say? You know, yeah, it's just yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah. He,
0: you know, this stuff should come. The, the the stuff that's happening now should happen if said i if said allegations are true, but it seems to be happening now. Rather than later, if allegations are true, um,
1: yeah, you know, yeah.
0: But uh, you know, as I said before, I mean, we, we, we will obviously monitor what's happening with uh, with Manson, and uh, we'll obviously we'll discuss it as uh, as things develop. But for yeah. now, uh, I, you know, I firmly believe that we'll, he's at least earned the benefit of the doubt, and he's at least earned the right to defend himself.
1: Yeah. Um
0: yeah. Okay, right. Well, uh well, obviously moving on to uh to more positive news. Um, New Zealand have announced that they're gonna have a one hundred thousand capacity festival this year, unlike the rest of the world.
1: yay that's not great news for us,
2: is it? Yeah, it's fucking doors This is subjectively good news. Like it's great, but actually now I'm more sad because <laughs> I'm, que- I'm queuing up to go into Tesco's and they're queuing up to see Bantu. Even if I hate, I would fight my best friend to go and see right now.
0: I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> if I, it I was question, ABBA
2: I... and Aqua as the headliners, I'd still be opening up a pit. Like... I'd still
1: go if it was right. One Direction and Nickelback. Yeah, Or Chad solo project Like, It's a live gig where I can go with my mates and get pissed. <laughs> I don't care, I'm going.
0: This is what I find hilarious about, like... Um... So at the end, at the tail end of 2020, when uh, a lot of these uh, festivals were announcing their uh, re-established lineups, you know, a fair, a fair majority of them had lineups from, you know, 2020 that they had moved to 2021. But yeah. obviously, you know, some bands weren't available, some band schedules were just weren't, you know, Weren't there? Yeah. Um,
1: well, if, if I may put an example, Behemoth were meant to be for the sat on Saturday on the Roddy James Deo stage at Bloodstock 2020. They couldn't do 2021. So obviously, if Bloodstock does somehow go ahead, that Saturday headlining spot is still to be confirmed.
0: No, 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 no. It's been confirmed by. Um... Oh, fuck. It... Yeah, it's been Merciful confirmed. Not, not King Diamond. Who was? What was the band? Merciful Fate. Oh, Merciful oh. Fate. Merciful
1: uh, yeah, i'll yeah. be going on i'll be going on to them in a second uh, we shall see
0: yeah but uh, like, like barney said i mean oh, right. so, Sorry, you know, i
1: forgot about that
0: yeah i mean that's how long ago it feels is mad right it's just <laughs> crazy but um yeah so a lot of these rejuvenated festivals have moved their lineups to 2021 uh, whether or not they'll go ahead we'll see but you know
2: yeah
0: as i was saying i mean uh, what i find hilarious is the fact that although these these uh, festivals Announced their rejuvenated lineups for 2021. You still had people bitching about the bands that were going to be playing, like, Oh, I don't like Merciful Fate, I prefer Behemoth, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, you're starving to death. Oh, here you go, here's a plate of linguine. Oh, I don't like pasta <laughs> It's just like, Well, go fuck yourself then. I'll <laughs> tell you what. I'll <laughs> tell At this point, <laughs> <laughs> nobody is going to a festival. Purely based off of the bands that are playing, they're yeah. gonna go to a festival because they just want that. You know, they want to have that fucking feeling again. They want to go out and basically feel like they're, you know, a human being again, as opposed to a fucking prisoner in their own homes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just it just fucking it, it absolutely fucking. I find it incredible the fact that still people at this stage. That are moaning about festival lineups when we've been neglected yeah. for a full 12, well, over 12 months Whoa. when we, he rolls around. Dude, yeah. I
2: sacrificed, like, you think I sacrificed 2019's festivals because my best friend was getting married. So I've, like, yeah. lost an extra year on top of it and, like, was going to go extra hard at Bloodstock this year and then it got cancelled.
0: <laughs> so, as, as somebody that's not attended a festival nearly 24, uh, 24 months, you know, you can basically suggest that you see these itch- these fucking idiots fucking saying like, Oh, I don't like this band, I don't like that band, I don't think Oh, do what are Barry
1: Tomorrow doing on the bloodstock, <laughs> the bloodstock lineup, the metal course like shut the fuck the
0: up. Thing, you're gonna go regardless of the lineup because you've been neglected of a festival or any kind of live event for so long. Fuck you and your fucking ego, just go there and enjoy live music regardless yeah. if you like yeah. it or not you're going to be surrounded by people that like the same music and like the smell of fucking hot dogs and just fucking <laughs> and enjoy cheaper. it it's like i i find it absolutely mind-boggling that there are still people that are moaning about festival lineups in 20 uh 2021 and the um, thing is,
2: you know, they're the same people who go to a festival and get so fucked up that you go, oh, dude, so how was Behemoth? They were really fucking loud, man. You go, okay, what did they play? <laughs> they played music. And you're like, you were just so ratted. <laughs> like the, you know, the people who complain and like the elitists who are like so against these other bands, they're the people who get so smashed that they either don't remember or, let's face it, don't even make it. The amount of people who don't don't make it to the gig that they want to do because they get so goddamn drunk. Yeah, I mean,
0: (laughs) is is I I, I really I really couldn't sum it up better than somebody that's starving to death. You give them a plate of lovely linguine, and they say that they don't like pasta. That's essentially what those those people are. They're people that like pasta and Yeah, they're people that (laughs) they've been neglected for so long in terms of the things that they enjoy and the minute that you give them a plate of it they start being picky well in that case you can fuck yourself you can go and continue to do what you've been doing for the past 12 months and everyone else can go have a good time regardless of what the lineup is you know you're going to be hanging out with your friends in a field, drinking alcohol, and having a good time, which is not what you've been doing for the past 12 months. Possibly more, depending on how this year goes. So go fuck yourself.
1: I think Uh, all of us on the RIP podcast can get behind that message.
0: 100%. Well, that's, I I mean, in terms of Manson and obviously, you know, New Zealand having, you know, the the uh, the correct government in, in control to have said events. Yeah. I mean, was there anything else that you guys had in terms of news? I want to one... know what
2: this actual festival was. Like, what, oh, what yeah. kind of music was know. it? I mean,
0: <laughs> I, 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 that's one thing I was going to say, is that I don't even know what the festival is. I just saw the headline that said that New Zealand, they're going to proceed with having a festival with the capacity of 100,000 people. And I didn't even know what festival it was. I didn't even know, uh, you know, who was playing it. Um, but the thought did cross my mind that was, you know, well, they're clearly either going to be local bands um, or bands that are having very, very severe COVID testing before they enter their country. Because, you know, although New Zealand are great and they're obviously doing things the right way, uh, you've got to think that, you know, all these international bands and their countries they're not going to allow them to leave the country, and blah blah blah. Yeah. blah you know, um, I mean, there's going to be some kind of travel restrictions. Uh, if I, mean, I remember correctly,
1: to... I think New Zealand have shut their borders to international uh, travelers until the end of this year. If I'm well, there we go. So it's
0: clearly it's going to be yeah. uh, local bands then.
2: I well, have... I saw. I saw as well a guy called Illy, an Australian rapper. He went and played just before it was just before Christmas. I can't remember where he went and played, but. It might have been, like, Singapore. He like, fucked off. Basically, left Australia, landed in said country, played the gig, partied for the the night, got back on a plane, and then had to spend two weeks in isolation. And he was doing, like, these Instagram updates. (laughs) And everyone's like, don't you regret your decisions? He was like, are you serious? And again, like we were saying about being starved, you know, and then complaining. As an artist, he was like, that's what I live for. I've done a year of not, like... Like so he's like, I, I'd spend two weeks in this box room on my own with no outside communication. Like I got to do what I love, and you know what? If someone said to me, like, dude, you can go see Machine Head tomorrow, but you have to sit on your own. Like, cool, man. I've spent nearly a month now locked in my own house. Like, I'd, yeah. I'd happily do that for one night of release and feeling amazing again. Yeah, exactly. I'll. I think we can all be with you on that one,
0: mate. I'm at a point where I would, I would, I don't care. I would happily go and watch. Take that, you
1: know. Considering... Oh, that's <laughs> if, uh, that's being desperate, a... Stephen.
0: That is. Being I don't desperate. give a fuck. If if take that wanted to play level three in Swindon, which again, if anyone doesn't know, is a local Swindon uh, venue. Yeah,
1: I would Metallica go and watch. And Ga- it in a Metallica heartbeat. and Guns N' Roses played there, apparently, according to to some guy Stephen met
0: cover bands cover yeah, exactly. bands uh, as we later confirmed but <laughs> yeah i just don't care i mean i've been I've, it's been i've been so neglected the live environment and the live music experience i don't care at this point who it is and what genre of music that plays i just want to be in a room where people are playing instruments uh <laughs> i mean it's um yeah i mean
1: uh and alcohol Zealand, is being served
0: exactly i mean uh, i'm uh, i'm continuously jealous of new zealand and i, I sincerely hope that you know as, as the vaccine rollout happens that we do at the latter end of this year do start to hopefully have live gigs return
1: yeah but we can uh, only hope
0: exactly all right is there any other news before we move on to the reviews
1: Uh, Yes, Uh, we were mentioning King Diamond just now, or uh, Kim Bendix Peterson as his real name is, and I just wanted to bring up that apparently he is working on new music for both his solo project, Alas, King Diamond, and, this is going to excite a lot of people, Merciful Fate, who we have not Mm. seen any news from in a long, long time.
0: That's interesting, because I've always been... It sounds really, really weird because it will sound really weird to a lot of old school metalers, but I've always been more uh, a fan of King Diamond than I have been Merciful Fate. I mean, I know that there's been a lot of, um, you know, following the Bloodstock announcement of, um, you know, Merciful Fate replacing Behemoth. I know that a lot of old school metalers have been like, this is like, the, the you couldn't have asked for a better replacement. Um, I've always been more inclined to the King Diamond material. And, I mean, listening to the merciful fate that I've listened to, I mean, there isn't necessarily a lot of differences, but, um, you know, I'm excited either way because uh, I'm, I'm a fan of King Diamond and, you know, whatever he puts his name to, whether that be his solo material or his... You know, original band Merciful Fate. I'm sure it'll be great, but you know, is, is there any kind of um, time skill on that, Barnaby? Is it? Is um,
1: it uh... says it's got a title. He's not revealed anything yet, so he is keeping it pretty tight lipped. Uh, no time frame as of yet, but I imagine that'd be sometime either later this year or at uh, worst case scenario, next year.
0: Okay, fair enough. Well, you never know. I mean, uh, we, we might get a few teasers here and there throughout the year, yeah. but.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm
0: I'm always excited to hear any kind of brand new output from uh, King Diamond. Yeah, uh,
1: amazing. I mean, I can't... Yeah,
0: sorry, mate. What were you going to say?
1: Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, the guy is 64 years old and he still has such an amazing vocal range and a presence on the stage. I mean, going back to oh, we were mentioning except last week with Mark Tenillo, how he's 66 years old and still like still can show yeah. the new guys how to do how to do vocals basically.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I I <laughs> when it comes to King Diamond, I mean. Um... I I hold him in the same regard as I do people like Rob Halford, you know, because he's just like, he's at an age now where he's, you know, (laughs) it's kind of the same way that you look at people that hold their bladders. I mean, you, you look at them and you think, well, (laughs) they're at a certain age where you kind of accept the fact that they're going to piss themselves from every now and then. um, And you don't judge them for it. And, you know, it's the same with Rob Halford and, uh, and King Diamond. You think that, you know, they're at an age now where yeah granted they're not going to be able to you know have the same vocal abilities that they would have done back in the 80s or yeah, you know whatever um but the fact that they can still do it is fucking incredible um you know i mean yeah you look at people like ozzy osbourne these days who quite clearly use auto-tune. You know, uh, to, yeah, uh yeah. you know, to <laughs> I mean I love Ozzy, don't get me wrong. I mean Ozzy, oh, Ozzy yeah. Same. Incri- oh, oh. you know, he's he's the fucking prince of darkness for fuck's sake. I mean, he is basically uh, you know, when you look at our world in the music that it offers, uh, mm. a lot of people's minds will go to Ozzy Osbourne because he is basically the face of it. Mm. Um, but you know, there comes a point where age does start to contribute uh towards your abilities as a singer and yeah. uh you know Ozzy Osbourne's clearly you know got to a point now where he's not ashamed of the fact where he does start to use quite a lot of autotune in his uh in his uh out, his records and um the fact that we've got people of Ozzy's age such as Rob Halford and King Diamond that are still you know continuing to <laughs> approach things and and still have the ability to match what they had done in their youth is incredible um i mean Christoph, Christoph, are you much of like a when it comes to that whole kind of uh you know when we say heavy metal the whole kind of ah! are you much of a fan of it or are you kind of quite reserved when it comes to that kind of style of metal <laughs>
2: No, oh, I can take it or leave it. Like, I do like it. I feel like I used to like it a lot less than I do do now. Okay, you know why
0: is that? Is that is that just because I... of the recent outputs of of bands,
2: or is that like? No, uh... I think like when I was younger, the whole like high pitched screaling wasn't really for me. Like, I liked the deeper, darker sort of stuff. So okay. Like Judas Priest, when I was a kid, I was like, "What the fuck is this dude doing?" Whereas <laughs> now I'm like, "Fuck, dude, I couldn't like, I couldn't hit notes like that and sustain stuff like that if I got kicked in the bollocks and my life depended on it."
0: Yeah, well, that's the weird yeah, thing. Exactly. It's like
2: you, you hear
0: that kind of um, that kind of vocal approach where they just do that really kind of flamboyant kind of uh, vocal style, but then the older you get. The more you start to appreciate how difficult that is, um, you know, especially when you, you you know you're someone like Rob Halford or King Diamond, where you're you, you're holding those really really high notes, and then you, you're you know you're watching it live, and you're just thinking like, well, I'm his age, and like, how the fuck can he do that, but I can't. You know, yeah. you do start to appreciate that vocal style the older you get. I'd imagine. Um, like I'm but, 30 uh, yeah, and I, I mean... try
2: and sustain something like that, and I end up choking up for five minutes. You know, I know. Right? I mean, he's old like, enough I to mean... be my granddad, and he's just fucking nailing him. Like, oh god.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about someone like Christoph who can't sustain an erection for 20 minutes.
2: So he's uh, not uh... fucking wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, who needs so... to
2: sustain one for longer than 30 seconds, right? i know you know i mean what what, you know you're in for 30
0: seconds you do your business and you're out yeah yeah yeah, but fair play i mean i I sincerely look forward to uh whatever king diamond does whether that be solo material or merciful fate um yeah that's that's uh that's good news okay um was there anything else news wise before we moved on to the reviews Mm.
1: I mean, not besides the new Cannibal Corpse song sounding like, wait for it, Cannibal Corpse.
0: Cannibal Corpse. Oh, yeah, okay. that, was, that was all. I yes, wanted surprise.
2: Say. They haven't well, added a thirty-eight-piece orchestra. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Is That's there an orchestra?
1: Of <laughs> I come blood. <laughs>
0: Jesus. Oh well. In that case, let us swiftly move on to the reviews of the show this week. And um. So we're going to start off with a, uh, a band called Product of Hate, which are an American thrash metal slash groove metal band from a place called Kenosha uh, in the state of Wisconsin in America. Um, so were there any
1: previous uh,
0: relationships that you had with this band, fellas, or is this uh, more of a new discovery for you?
1: This is my first time hearing them, to be yeah, really same, honest. I
2: like, listened to them yeah. yesterday and then again today yep yeah, uh,
0: again uh same with me as well um I mean judging by um their social media presence um it, I mean as well as spotify it, it does seem to be the fact that this are quite a they are quite a fairly new uh band um although they've been around for at least 10 years um it seems to be that this is a that this is a band that haven't quite grasp the audience they're uh they're, they're kind of appealing themselves to um but what was your um what was your uh sort of thoughts when you came into this record because i should add that this is the band's second uh studio output um the first one was uh I Believe back in 2016 for a record called Buried in Violence. Um, yeah, who, who are a band assigned to Napalm Records. So, uh, Barney, I mean, you, you were the one that brought this band to my knowledge at least. So, uh, yeah, what do you think of coming into this,
1: yeah, I've got to be brutally honest, I'm really surprised I didn't hear of these guys sooner because they honestly sound like a love child between Lamb of God, Chimera, and All That Remains, which are bands that are up my street in terms of how metal should be. So I'm really surprised I didn't hear of them beforehand. In terms of the album itself, I, I could understand it would get a bit tiring for some of being like the samey samey thrash groove bounce riffs with the vocals. But the, since it's right up my street straight into the first track, I really enjoyed it. Even though it wasn't really anything in terms of reinventing the wheel, it sounded like it could have been straight out of something from like the Roadrunner days of like 2003 in terms of the sound.
0: Okay, brilliant. And what about you, Christoph? I mean, sure. um
2: I'll, yeah. I feel bad. Like I have like fuck all notes for these guys, basically because I put them on yesterday. It was the last band out of everything that I listened to. And I listened to Euphoria and was like, holy shit, this is fucking insane. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know why. It's like I listened to a different album today because yesterday I was like, it didn't grip me at all. It all sounded a bit generic. And I think, like barney said, I, I felt like they sound like a mashup between Lamb of God and Degraded. Um yeah. And then yeah. when I listened to him today, I was like, I don't know if I listened to I obviously I had listened to the same album, but I'm like, it sounded so much better. Like especially Where's Your God, as well as oh, Euphoria. Where's yeah. Your God? I was just like, this is mad. And like earlier, when you were you were saying about your cooking, there's nothing better to make yourself a nice hearty vegetable soup than fucking mad blast beats and galloping guitar parts. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I mean, just picking up on what you guys have said. I mean, uh, th- th- this very much were uh, a band that I wasn't familiar with. I mean, this was my very much my introduction to them. Um, I mean, just, just t- picking up what Barney said. I mean, this was very much, um, a band that were very clearly influenced by, uh, you know, lamb of God, chimera. Uh, I also picked up on bits of, uh, the band called the haunted, uh, oh. if anyone's familiar, the haunted, were I love, an incredible. I
1: love I love yeah. The,
0: the haunted, haunted uh, fucking incredible fresh band. Uh, and from a vocal approach as well, um, the singer Adam Gilly, as far as I understand his name, is Bowie. Again, if that's not correct, blame Wikipedia, not me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he kind of had this very kind of Jesse Leach approach to his uh ferocious metal uh vocals, so he had like this very kind of like razor blade gargling uh roar to his voice, and um. I thought this was fucking uh, I mean I am quite an enthusiast when it comes to just basically running to heavy music so I I put some heavy music on my on my uh, wireless headphones and I go for a run and um at the early hours of this morning I got up I thought right well if I need any kind of motivation at all I'm just going to put some heavy music on I'm going to go for a run and I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to see how far I can go and uh, you know, <laughs> out of all the albums that we're going to be talking about this week, this was the very first one that I knew that was going to be an immediate kind of like you know, punch to the face. You know, it was going to give me all of that kind of adrenaline that I needed to get through it, and uh, it did that, man. I mean, like as soon as I, uh, I, I, I press play, uh, you know, like you guys have said, opened with Euphoria, and uh, from that point onwards it, it was more or less the same you know it was that just adrenaline pumping uh you know just balls to the wall fucking heavy heavy music um that, you know will give you the motivation if anything to do whatever whether it be a run whether it be you know just getting through the day or bacon and lasagna you fucking name it (laughs) you know it's just like it's just that really really kind of um metalcore-ish uh aspect where it's just like it fills you full of adrenaline where it, it it gives you just like a again just like a just just motivation to just basically get on with stuff and basically just knuckle down um i mean uh, again i mean in terms of the track listing um all of them were as good as each other as we say it opens with euphoria it ends with the end of the end is never and uh they all essentially give me that same feeling of of, of building that adrenaline and just basically sticking with it and just powering through i mean uh barnaby mentioned like you know you know your Lamb of gods you know your chimeras yeah. uh the haunted you know it's it's just the perfect meld of all of those bands if you're a fan of any of those bands it basically is impossible to not enjoy this um i mean a band that are quite uh, i mean uh, this isn't any kind of uh this isn't any disrespect to them but They're fairly small. I mean, you look at their social media presence and you look at the audience that they're, you know, they're trying to attract. And like they're not quite there in terms of the amount of people um, that need to be aware of them, Uh, because, you know, I mean, a band like this, you know, as I say, I mean, if you're a fan of that, those Lamb of Gods and those Chimeras, there's no damn reason why you shouldn't be a fan of this band, and i feel that like the more that you promote this band and the more that they get their name out there the more fans they're going to draw in um yeah i thought this was fucking awesome uh, i mean uh, there wasn't really a track that i can uh i can say that was weak i mean it was just all from uh from track 1 to track 12 it was fucking heavy as fuck you know and it gave me that feeling of wanting to basically strive for uh, and you know one foot after another, you know I I didn't it didn't let up. Um, yeah. what, I mean, what, was there any other highlights that you guys got from this?
2: I loved the fact that they weren't samey in any way. I think like especially with thrash, or again with like smaller bands, you sometimes suffer this thing of like one song bleeds into the next without there being any differentiation. You know, it could be an eight minute song. You could have just listened to two songs. You don't really know. With these guys, like, every song was distinctively different.
1: Yeah. And it just
2: kept the whole album sounding fresh from start to finish, you know?
1: Yeah. Christoph Mm -hmm. took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, One thing I wanted to add is that Obviously, with this being heavily inspired by a lot of the new wave of American heavy metal bands, I think stuff like this is a guitar as a rhythm guitar player's wet dream. Like the <laughs> riffs were bouncy, they were technical. They're everything I would expect from a band like Chimera, who I'm a, I'm a massive fan of. Mm. Hint and Chimera, if you're listening to this, please reunite soon. We miss you. <laughs> <laughs> but from that standpoint, I absolutely loved it. it as like this is the kind of metal which I adored and got into as a teenager, and has shaped my taste. So this was, yeah. I loved it. To put it that way, and I think I'm going to be very much following this band more closely in the future.
0: One hundred percent. I mean, I mean, like you said, Barney Bean, this immediately tapped into that whole new wave of american heavy metal uh from chimera to lamb of god i mean it it just pushed all of those buttons and it kind of reminded you of the fact that oh that was an amazing thing at, at some point and obviously it stopped but clearly it didn't stop because you know we've got a band here in 2021 that brought out another record that you know still appeals to everyone that was a fan of that music exactly um so yeah i, I can't recommend it enough so um that is the band of product of hate and uh the record is called you brought this war uh anything else to add to that before we move on
1: mm, no can't think of anything no okay
0: fair enough okay so uh moving swiftly on to the next record that we're going to be talking about today um i think we should move on to uh corporate Carney.
1: The band so, um, which turned me into a raging alcoholic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like
1: that should be for the, uh, the, the, in terms of the fan base of
0: this band, I think that a lot of them kind of appreciate their, uh, their uh, you know, their bladders as well as their livers.
1: Speaking it of, it's time for their... me to pour another drink. <laughs> Absolutely. Was perfect timing.
0: So, uh, Corporate Carney, uh, for anybody who doesn't know,
1: are a uh, Finnish
0: folk metal band. Um Now, my introduction to Corpricani were one of those kind of mid-build festival bands that basically gets people absolutely fucked on alcohol. <laughs> because, uh, you know, when, when it comes to folk music, it's got that kind of sing-along mentality to it where, you know... People are basically putting their arms on each other's shoulders. They're all basically kicking their legs out. They're having an amazing time. They're pissed out of their heads. There's chanting. There's singing. Um, and then when you introduce a metal element to all of that, you then basically get Corpicani, who effectively blend uh, all of this quite, you know, heavy music. Against this, uh, th- this sort of um, uh, backwash of all of this sort of traditional sort of folk music. So you've got the, uh, what's that instrument called? The um, accordion. Accordion is yeah. it? The accord- yeah, yeah, uh-huh.
2: yeah. They have a lot of accordion in that. Album. Uh, you know, yeah, just.
0: I mean the accordion is traditionally you know an instrument that is used for this style of music, and uh when you compare it against you know uh heavy guitars and sort of fast paced drumming, you effectively get uh corpicani um you know which as I said, which is essentially a band that they they just make you want to drink despite them having songs that are related to alcohol i mean you, you know you, is it vodka vodka is a, a quite a, a a high a highly regarded song of theirs um i mean I, I was reviewing this and i was just listening to uh track after track and you know the whole time i was fighting the urge to just pour myself a drink and just be yeah. like you know this is fucking it, it's just hard not to resist the fact that this band cannot be denied if you've got some alcohol, alcohol in your system and you know and you just want to you want to pump your fist and have a, a a lovely little jig to some uh to some to some music uh much in the same way as like you know the dropkick murphy's or anything like that you know you you, as soon as you've got some alcohol in your system and you listen to anything by the dropkick murphy's you just want to kick your legs out and have a fucking sing-along you know and uh and this in itself was uh was no different i mean what did you guys think of uh of of corporate
1: I mean, Corporalonia have always held a bit of a special place to my heart because they, along with Sabaton, were my first ever metal gig at the ripe old age of 18 years old. So Amazing. they do hold a little bit of special sentimental value to me personally. And you
0: realise how old you make me
1: and Kristoff feel, right? When you I'm not I'm not doing race. it intentionally. <laughs> I pro- I'm not doing it intentionally. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, besides that i haven't listened to them in a while like i know the songs like happy little boozer and vodka and i mean hell if those come on on a night out, of course i'm gonna drink to them because they're drinking songs and i love them to bits yeah but in terms of like actually listening to their albums i haven't really listened to them that much over the years however this one i did quite enjoy actually i noticed on certain tracks like if i go to um track three um i'm gonna butcher this uh levoluta that's probably not mm-hmm. the way you pronounce it, but I'm sorry for any listeners who are Finnish. Yeah, um, I know. I, mean,
0: a I probably bit didn't like... mention. Uh, sorry, just cut you off, mate. I mean, I probably yes, didn't sir. mention the album title of, uh, of this record. Again, I do hope I'm pronouncing it right. Is uh, Jelka?
1: Uh, Yula, I think. Yilha. Yeah, and it means uh, rugged, or majestic, or wild in Finnish.
0: Okay, fair enough. Uh, As you uh, were, you Google
1: Translate, people! Don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> actually know Finnish. That's not the Scandinavian language I'm familiar with. <laughs> okay. Now, I noticed on that track, uh, Le Valuta, it's it almost had like a Scar sound to it. And that's not something I've ever heard Korpaklani do before in their previous material, so when that came on, it sort of perked my interest. Like, oh, they're basically mixing like heavy guitars, accordion, all the elements of a folk metal band, and ska. Yeah. And it really sort of perked my interest. And from then on out, I was actually quite engaged with the album as a whole. So I think what my conclusion could be is um, it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but I think it's good that they tried to do some th- some things different, so to speak. And it actually perked my interest. And I, on the whole, really enjoyed this album.
0: Okay. Why well, are you, Christoph? Because you kind of like suit me as the type of person that enjoys... I mean, I know that you're an avid fan of the Wurzels which is, like, a for anyone who doesn't know, is, like, the UK equivalent of corpicani. <laughs> so what, 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 of what did you feel about this?
2: Oh, dude, like, when you said that we were going to review them, I was so excited. Because for me, like, folk's fantastic. I fucking love folk. I love any excuse to have a drink. I yeah. love... <laughs> <laughs> I Spoken love... like hey, any man. true hey, alcoholic. Like, I, what, I love, what I love is, like especially with metal. I was saying to someone yesterday, like metal is like black because you want some fucking hip hop. You put it with metal. You want some anything like you put it with metal. You want folk. You put it with metal. Folk and black metal. It's fantastic. And this yeah. called album was like so out there because it's not just like your straight folk metal. Like it, it dips and dives and it goes all over the place and i can't for the life of me remember the tune but i was cycling home yesterday in the pissing rain up a hill and one of their songs just in the middle they have a back and forth which essentially would be a solo but it's a back and forth between an accordion and the electric guitar you know like a jewel (laughs) in banjo sort of moment and it was fucking brilliant but I was similarly with like the whole drinking thing. At the start of the week, I started listening to a podcast where the the singer from Silverstein, he was interviewing okay. um, the singer from Airstorm, And he was saying about how their new album, he like focused on pop music and pop writing and how it gets so catchy and why people okay. instantly fall in love with it. And their the Corp lacani song, Sanaton Ma, I don't know if you guys Uh, like tuned into uh, it. It it has a very poppy vibe and it almost sounds to me like it could have been a cover song. Cause even though they sing in Finnish, it sounded weirdly familiar, you know? And I think it might be down to again, like I listened to it a couple of times because I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And then went back to that Aelstrom interview and I was like, I don't know whether they dialed into this whole thing of, like you were saying, to keep a like when you're a band like Corp Lacani who, essentially, are more of a live gig, a live band than you are like a record selling band. Yeah,
1: yeah. You I'll want people
2: to, you want people to hear your stuff, and then by the end of like the first chorus, once the second chorus hits, you've got it, like you know, and you can yeah. you can at least shout the rhythms along with it and have fun like that's what bands yeah. like this are about and i think like they really dialed into that pop sort of structure with some of their songs without making them obviously pop songs yeah you know because obviously none of us speak Finnish. you just vibe along with it and you pick up on th- some things more than others and you're not focusing solely on the lyrical content of it yeah yeah, yeah I i'll agree to that it.
0: I mean, that in itself kind of goes hand in hand. I mean, when you consider the fact that you're listening to a band that sing in a language that's completely different to the one that you speak, but yet you still vibe with it, it just says the amount of like an alcohol that's in your system. <laughs> um, so, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, um, don't get me wrong. I mean, a band like this uh i mean i think i mean this album went on for about an hour
1: yeah and it's uh, quite a long album
0: yeah i mean you do get i mean for me personally i did get to a point where i'm just like okay well there's an hour of this stuff which i appreciate if i've got a lot of alcohol in my system i could probably connect to it for an hour you know for about an hour but you know listening to it without any alcohol in my system i just thought you know it's good for what it is, but I know that if I was pissed, I'd be able to listen to it for an extra half an hour and enjoy it for what it is. Uh, and, you know, when festivals do return, I'm pretty certain that I will be completely on board for a 30-minute to 40-minute set of them doing this stuff um, because you know it's just going to be a good time, you know?
2: Imagine an Oktoberfest-style vibe with those guys. like You wouldn't want them off the stage. Mm, I mean, exactly. That
1: would be, be deadly for my liver, I tell
2: you, you, <laughs> you know, I mean,
0: uh, I, we're a UK based podcast And uh, I'm pretty certain that anybody in the UK May be familiar with a band called The Wurzels Who I mentioned earlier Who are essentially just like a, a, a folk band Who, you know, let's face it are, You know, they can be pretty, pretty cringe-worthy. But if you've got enough ciders in your system you learn to love them because you appreciate like once you've had a few few ciders you you know how fucking brilliant that music is once you're pissed it's just fun you know everyone gets along everyone's just on yeah. the same sort of wavelength there's uh you know th- th- there's no kind of <laughs> uh there's no disregarding what it is it's just yeah. fun music to drink to
1: exactly and um, uh, yeah
0: yeah i mean th- there was one song on this that I did pick up on Uh, I mean granted this was when I was sober uh, and I was listening to it and I was just thinking like you know I I love El Del Paso as much as the next guy but (laughs) that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm Spanish and I want to fucking you know wear a sombrero 24 7 (laughs) but like you're a Finnish band do Finnish music (laughs) Uh, you know and that's fine because I think there were a few tracks here and there where they for my tastes, I mean, at least in terms of the way that I processed the music, it did sound fairly kind of mixed between that folky music and kind of like, a, you know, the, the the kind of music that you would hear in a Chiquitos on a Saturday <laughs> night in the UK.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but, you know, again, uh, uh, you can't really go wrong if you've got, uh, uh, you know, more than enough alcohol in your system
1: um exactly
0: okay uh anything Um, else to add to that one before we move on to um, the next record
1: not strictly related to corbaclani but i just want to say from experience the alcohol makes the music fun element does not apply to davy suicide because i tried that and it made the music worse
0: (laughs) (laughs) anyone who's listening we will reveal why we did review davy suicide at some point but we we will it
2: will happen it will, it, it will happen. It will happen.
0: It will happen. That's a nice point. song
2: about circuses, though. But maybe <laughs> that's my juggler bias. <laughs> well, you know, you do juggle, so uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I uh, when I was listening to Rock Ain't Dead, I had two glasses of wine and a good uh, portion of Talisker whiskey whiskey to wash it down, and it only made the album worse. And you I hated it waste even more Talisker
2: on things like that. <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> I thought Talisco would help me get it, get through the pain, but it, it, saw, it sadly wasn't good enough. I needed. What abs- you say is
0: that you're obviously not listening to uh, enough Insane Clown Posse to appreciate how good it is. <laughs> I listened <laughs> I, I to I a lot insane of
1: Insane Clown Posse over Davey Suicide.
2: At least I listened <laughs> to a lot of Insane Clown Posse, and still, I feel like I needed to drink more to get into that than I did to get into Corp
1: Corporate Colony is good, regardless. I mean, I'm I'm a massive folk metal simp, so they're oh, a dude, band which yeah. has always been right up my street.
2: Yeah, I it's mean, again, like,
1: folk. oh yeah, go on, mate.
2: Talking of folk metal, you and me screaming fucking Machine Head over wurzels.
0: Oh, do you remember that? That Yeah. So anybody, (laughs) me and Christoph went to go and watch the Wurzels in Swindon at the uh, Notorious Level 3, if we haven't mentioned it before. And um, we were were screaming, I think at the time that we went to go see them, Machine Head had just released Kafarsis, and we were basically just screaming lyrics from that album as they were playing like, you know, fucking uh, you know, what's that fucking big song they do? Uh, i Spidey well, got a brand new it.
2: combine harvester, and I'll give you yeah, the... yeah, yeah, combine <laughs> harvester.
0: And we we were fucking um, what was that fucking song of Catharsis that we were talking about? Where is oh, like you we will eat my rhubarb song. crumble? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> what what song was that?
0: Yeah, we just kept fucking like. As soon as we we heard that crumble bit on the catharsis, we were just like, you're going to
1: rhubarb crumble. <laughs> that song uh, sounds like rhubarb crumble off catharsis. I'm well confused.
0: Uh, oh, the, what was it called? Blame Rob on the... Flynn not us. That's it, because they were singing, uh, they, they were doing... Um, you're going to make me Crumble. They were doing um, fucking, I got a combine harvester and I'll give you the key. So everyone was doing that. But I was, me and Christoph were singing like, let freedom
2: ring with the shotgun blast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mate, it was
2: fucking I have a combine harvester and it's called Davidian. (laughs) Oh, the, the, the song that we were screaming lyrics from was actually Catharsis as well.
1: Oh, was it Kafasi? Yeah, oh, yeah. No. I just googled it. Oh, you guys, you guys should have done triple beam. It would have been so hilarious.
0: Oh man, could you imagine, like, fucking like in the Wurzels and Machine Head doing like a a, a fucking, like you know, when uh, when Slipknot in the fucking corn did a Beastie Kaphasis. Boys cover.
1: Yeah, combine. yeah. Oh, sabotage. Just... Yeah, I remember that one exactly. I was like, right. It's my combine harvester. It's called "Stop the Bleeding." <laughs>
0: okay so moving swiftly on to our next record which is by a band called tribulation and uh, their record called where the gloom becomes sound on century media records um so uh, the gloomy black metal band's fifth studio record so do either of you two have any kind of uh previous with this band or is this like a a first time occurrence with them
1: uh, much like products of hate, this is completely fresh for me. I've never heard of these guys before.
0: Okay, what about you, Christoph. I, I think I spoil it. I know this is not your first production.
2: <sighs> yeah, as you know, I fucking love Tribulation, man. Yeah. Like, in fact, the first time, I first time I came about them was with you. Yes. Because I didn't want to ruin it. Like, obviously, you're seeing Ghost and all them witches on the same tour, and mm-hmm. then Tribulation was the other band, and I didn't want to listen to them before that. I kind of know what I was getting myself into. And yeah, it was just instantly fucking taken by him.
0: Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm, uh, in the same boat as Christoph. So um, anybody listening again, me and Christoph had actually seen this band on uh, the the ghost tour that had happened. And I think it was the last UK ghost tour. Um, If I look behind me, there's actually a poster, uh, which was 2019's the ultimate tour named death. Uh, so me and Christoph had seen them in uh, Nottingham uh, where they, Ghost had, had been supported by uh, All Them Witches as well as uh, Tribulation. Um, and, uh, you know, it was one of those gigs where you kind of, you go to a gig and, you, you know, you're going for the headlining band. But then when they start to announce their support bands, you kind of think, well, I've never heard of them I you know I may as well check them out to see if I like them or not to know if I can you know get a few more pints in before I go and watch the band that I've paid to see and um you know I I remember talking to Christoph at the time about it and we were like you know yeah well let's let's have a couple of listens to the bands and see whether or not they're worth checking out before we uh we, we go and watch Ghost and um I mean, all them witches, you know. I, I fuck <laughs> all them witches are kind of like a very, very, very heavy version of the White Stripes. I found. Uh, would you Would you agree with that, Christoph?
2: Yeah, they're just like that stonery sort of like stone and metal without being cheap about it. Mm. Absolutely, yeah,
0: uh, it, it was, just kind of was
2: like peach.
0: Yeah, uh, sorry, mate, as yeah. you were.
2: Yeah, like obviously, when Ghost got announced, we were all like, "Oh yeah, fucking right, gonna go see Ghost." And then they announced all them witches who I'd waited years to go and see, mm. uh, just because they they play the most obscure, obscure gigs uh, when they come to the UK. Like uh, the time before yeah. this this tour, when they came, they played all three days of Reading and Leeds, like they mm-hmm. did. Like, a set at each every fucking day. You know, it was that kind of obscurity. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, to see them, I was like, well, I know how much I love Ghost, but I also have been stolen by the Support Act. (laughs) And it couldn't have been a more perfect gig because I got stolen by the Support Act. But then when I got there, once again, got stolen by the Support Act of the Support Act.
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh,
0: Exactly. Um. um, Me and Christophe are kind of approaching this from a uh, uh, perspective of somebody who have seen, uh, you know, uh, this band before. Uh, But, I mean, in terms of describing it from somebody who's going to watch this band for the first time. So uh, being, you know, a UK based podcast, uh, you know, it was Ghost, uh, Tribulation and All Them Witches and, you know. All Them Witches being an incredible band as they are, like a doomy version of the White Stripes slash uh, the Black Keys, um, that immediately puts you in the mood for a band like Tribulation, who are these gloomy black metal uh, pioneers. It's kind of, to describe their sound, would very much be like the the uh, very much like you know it's it's kind of easy to say like you know black metal bands sound like this but uh tribulation have like their their own unique spin on uh picture behemoth the satanist mixed with like a very kind of uh emotionally charged uh black metal bands i mean um i mean i picture maybe like a band like immortal or even emperor to a certain extent, if you was to cross uh, behemoth who, you know, are quite clearly, uh, you know, a very heavy, heavy influence, morbid angel style death metal band crossed with a lot of a black metal uh, sound. And then you then brought in aspects of the, you know, epic emperor and uh, immortal, star black metal then you would essentially come out with a band like uh tribulation um barnaby did you have any previous with this band or was this your first introduction to them
1: this is my first introduction so i'd never even heard their name to be fair so completely okay. fresh for me
0: yeah um now i should point out that this is actually the band's fifth studio record um now uh i should point out that this wasn't i mean it, it, as i've just described uh, you know it, as much as this is a sound that i'm uh i'm a fan of this very much was like uh the first record that i had fully gone in on in terms of uh of tribulation i mean i, I was a fan of them in terms of how they sounded and how they looked i mean they're, they're very much of that kind of ilk of a band that uh Aesthetics, aesthetically they you know they look like that kind of band that would uh you know sound the way they do you know they, they wear the whole kind of corpse paint they you know they're all covered in like these black robes you know uh you, you look at a band like Tri- um tribulation and you just like immediately as soon as you see what they look like you assume what they sound like um but you know wh- when it came to actually going in on a full studio record uh, I mean, I, I was quite taken back. I mean, what, what did you guys think as soon as you uh, you went in on this record?
1: Um, I mean, I'm going to say straight from the get go, as soon as I heard it, I was like, how did I not hear about these guys before? I absolutely yeah. loved it from the get go. I yeah. think what I can say is like, obviously, they've got that black metal sound to them, if I'm not mistaken. And it's like they've taken the best bits of black metal and left out like the generic, you know, blast beats, tremolo picking guitars, black metal, East Krieg overused stuff taking the best bits and then mixed it with like classic rock and it sounds like nothing I've ever heard before Yeah, like the entire way through the album was just engaging me and I think I got to Let me just have a quick look. I got to the fifth track "Leth," and it's like this beautifully played piano section It sounds like it could be done by a classical composer and I was like, I wasn't expecting that at all It was no on hand on heart. It was a brilliant record. I loved it. And I'm really surprised. I hadn't heard these guys before
0: Yeah uh, this is interesting um we'll get to what's interesting in a second but w- what about you christoph i mean what did you initially make of uh of the uh where the gloom becomes sound
2: so i uh, yeah i fucking loved it like obviously i shared with you guys as they had released a couple of tracks here and there um and i was stoked on it i hadn't looked in enough to realize that they were releasing an album and then out of nowhere as i like, popped up on my spotify so I gave it a couple of listens and I think initially it's a really well split album. Cause when I first started listening to it, you, I think the first half has a lot of elements of ghost,
1: you yes, know, yeah. you can almost
2: especially after seeing them and being introduced to them on ghosts tour, you can hear like the, the second track. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. The second track, um, is a got a very big ghost vibe to it and then you got leviathans and then like you said barney like you have um lethe kicks in and you got the nice piano and then at this point i was kind of like it sound they sounded a bit too ghost influenced and then after that the daughter of the djinn kicks in and it's just like from there on out it's like classic sort of tribulation sounding yeah and mm-hmm. yeah, it's amazing. It's well up there with Children of the Night, which is my favorite of their albums. Because they're someone who I can just—they're—they're they're one of those bands who you, you can just easily binge listen to. You know? <clears throat> um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. I mean, um, for me, I mean, <laughs> uh, I, mean uh, I mean, I mean, I don't want to kind of call you guys. You know amateurs because I know you're not I mean I know that you you two obviously have like quite varied music tastes um for me I mean I've always quite I've always been quite heavily ingrained uh when it comes to the black metal and the death metal very kind of black and death metal sound um and once I had listened to this record I mean I honestly i didn't really feel i've not felt this way about an extreme metal record since i first heard uh, the satanist by behemoth um purely just down to the fact that it as soon as i hit play it was just so mesmerizing you know from start to finish it was just like i was there are certain bands where they've got such a certain a, a certain particular sound where they drag you into their world and they just immediately think well okay you're not listening to us we're basically getting you to come into our world and understand what it's like uh <laughs> and Im- immediately as soon as i pressed play i was just i was completely mesmerized and in this this void of just like, you know, this is very much a band that have established a sound that is uniquely their own. And, uh, I, I couldn't escape it once I pressed play. I mean, it was just so mesmerizing. I mean, like you guys have said, there is a, um, it's traditionally very much like a, a blackened, uh, uh, sort of death metal sound. Um, but, the the more that it gets you it gets it's hooks into you uh, the more that you kind of see it start to become something that it's it, it separates some it separates itself from something that's traditionally in sort of death metal black metal sound um you, i mean you guys have mentioned that there's that piano track in the middle of the album i believe it's called uh lef lef Le oh uh,
1: Lefe, i think it's pronounced
0: Le, lefe um which is just like this this like beautifully uh it's just like this beautiful hypnotic piano track which is sort of perfectly guides you into the next piece of savagery that it brings you to in the middle of the record um i mean it's kind of like a uh, tribulation of have, have kind of found this perfect mix of uh really extreme music uh but it kind of makes it a Uh, kind of it makes it appeal to somebody who's not necessarily au fait with that kind of music so i mean for a long time anybody that said like you know you like heavy music but you don't quite know how to go into those extreme areas of the of the genre Uh, a lot of people have always said well you know listen to the Satanist by Behemoth, and that will immediately sort of you know resonate with you, and it will immediately say like well if if you like heavy music but you don't quite know how to work your way into the extreme side of things, Behemoth is the band for you um but I kind of feel like tribulation have got to a point now where like <laughs> you know they're another one of those bands where you could point to them and say. Okay, well, I like heavy music, but you know, I want to make I want to work my way into the more extreme side of the genre. Then Tribulation are definitely one of those bands that you could point to now and say, right, okay, well, you listen to this latest record and you could easily suggest that you know, this is a band that could, uh, you know, kind of give you that extreme uh, style of the genre, but uh, you know, also keep you interested and you know not immediately go to the fact that like you know this is oh this is you know this is just noise or whatever um and that's what i like about it it's just it's just got that kind of appeal about it where you could approach this record and say that it's not just noise because if you if you kind of picture you know somebody who's like a fan of heavy music like i don't know let's just say there's somebody out there that likes slipknot You know, that's about as heavy, you know, Iowa style Slipknot is the heaviest they want to go. But if they want to then kind of venture into heavier things and more extreme things, then, uh, you know, that's when you start to point to bands like Behemoth and, and, and those kind of bands where you say, okay, well, if you want something heavier than Slipknot, then you want to go this direction where you've got bands like Behemoth and Tribulation where you know there's these records now that that are basically appealing to these wider audiences that that are kind of educating them in uh in in this genre of music um yeah i mean uh i personally i mean i i had the uh you know the the emoji love eyes throughout the whole of this record uh you know uh there wasn't really one part of it that i could i could say that was you know uh, uh you know a flop or, or any kind of part of it that was uh you know uh, wrong i mean I, I thought this was just fucking incredible i mean from somebody who loves that extreme style of music uh i, I just as soon as i heard this i just knew immediately that this was going to be uh another another record like the satanist which appealed to a much wider audience than the one that you know that was a fan of it in the first place um yeah so uh an incredible record i mean was there anything else that you
2: guys had to add to it uh, i mean i know that johan johan had, yes. yeah. had left the band which obviously put them at a point where they nearly broke up but he's also then gone on and made this acoustic album i don't know know whether you guys listen to any of it no
1: no can't say i've heard of
2: it it's amazing it's it's like this insane balance of like how tribulation have like made a niche similar to like deftones you listen to deftones and you could fight someone but you could also hug them at the same time. You know, you listen to like you could rage to, to this new tribulation album, but you could also very happily lie on the floor.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just
2: just relax, you know, like, and Johan's got this acoustic album where like, it's got this dingy darkness to it, but at the same time, it's really light and typically acoustic. Yeah. You know, like yeah, it's it's incredible. It's like this beautiful balance that he's created. Oh, okay, and cool. Yeah, it's it's well worth checking out. There are a couple of songs that are more traditionally themed. But yeah, he's like he's kept the tribulation like gloomy element and taken it onto an acoustic guitar and taken it with even there's like one or two songs on the album that have a slight folk feel to it. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah super super good but yeah I've not listened to an album so much as I have this week with this and and now the owls are smiling yeah that, that album also then his new album it's just so good I mean
0: uh, again I mean um, it's, it's just it kind of I mean it sounds uh, very much um Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's sort of okay. Well, of course, with all that's going on in the real world, uh, you know, everyone's going to kind of uh, resonate with all of these very doomy, bleak-sounding bands. Uh, But in in the same way, you listen to a band like Tribulation, and um, you you kind of feel like there's this kind of uplifting sense about it although it's kind of very ingrained in like the doomy bleak style of music for me personally i listen to it and i just think like you know yeah yeah it has kind of kind of got like this uplifting feel about it like you know that although it's it's got this like very bleak edge to it like things are going to be okay you know it's just like everything's yeah, gonna I can see that I, I just kind of feel like very kind of uh i, I feel amazing after i've listened to the whole record you know it just sort yeah. of it feel it leaves you feeling very kind of motivated um so uh yeah again i mean i i can't really recommend this record enough uh which is tribulation where the gloom becomes sound on century media records uh so yeah again check it out if you uh, if you are again a fan of of the uh, extreme side of the genre but um even if you aren't, just just give it a listen and see how you feel. Because I'm I'm pretty certain that you will you will get something out of it. Um, all right. So uh, moving on to the very very last uh, release of the week that we're going to talk about. Uh, unless anybody's got anything else to add to Tribulation before we move on.
1: Mm, not other than go and check it out because it's amazing and go see when you get the chance when things get back to normal.
0: One hundred percent. Okay, so uh moving on from tribulation, we're actually gonna do a very very quick overlook of the uh the band called low Lives uh which have recently brought out an e p called uh i don't like you uh now, low lives have been a band that I've actually been following for a number of years now um they're actually a band that were a i mean they weren't directly a follow up but they were a band that i was aware of because of a band called the defiled which were uh essentially a band that were in the wake of um of low lives i mean w- were you guys aware of of low Lives prior to this or was this
2: like a completely um, new discovery for you
1: uh much like tribulation this is completely new to me
2: okay yeah about you, yeah no same it wasn't until you yeah. shared this thing that i was like okay cool brilliant okay uh yeah that's fine i mean um
0: so so just to establish i mean low lives um they were very much a band that were kind of uh established in the wake of uh of the fallout of uh quite a number of bands actually because although i mentioned the defiled um numerous members were also included within uh, a a fair number of bands um but they're actually a band that were born out of uh of America who um for the most part <laughs> when listening to them, you really do pick up on the fact that they're they're very much a fan of the uh the kind of grunge era that a uh, sort of mid nineties version of uh all the music that would have come out at the time uh for you know from Seattle like nirvana and you know um even, even you can even put it across to this country with Bush. And, uh, and bands such as that um um so obviously th- th- this new release uh is an ep and uh the band to this point have only actually released eps i mean they, they've not actually released a full-length record um so i mean what were you what, what was your take once you had heard I don't like you. I'll start off with Barnaby to save you guys talking over each other.
1: <laughs> so this is a consistent theme here. I mean, yeah. unlike the albums title would suggest, obviously, I really actually liked this record. Um, EP, sorry. It was something that I wasn't expecting to like as much as I did, but as soon as I heard it, I just thought, this is instantly 90s grunge, but with really modern, crisp sounding production. And yeah. I dug it instantly. Cool. Crystal.
2: Yeah, man. like I said to you guys, like while I was listening to it, it sounded like, as I said, like, like when Bush weren't a shitty pop band, you know, <laughs> and it was kind of surprising to find out that they were American because, again, I can't even for the life of me think of the lead singer of Bush's name. Gavin Rosdale. There you go. Dickhead from The Voice. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> what, was it, when was he on the voice i had no idea about right this. so, oh, so mate. he was, oh, yeah, of he genius, was on yeah. the
2: voice with old will i am and it got to a point where they were basically bush were trying to promote their album so badly that anyone who bought their album got an autographed copy of it desperation like there's there's paying extra to have a autographed album and then there's every album that you anyone buys will have an autograph like that it shows a lot yeah no sure. yeah so yeah I got a very old school bush vibe um yeah
0: um I mean so I mean uh as a I, I mean as someone that was quite heavily uh, a fan of the defiled i mean i always knew the lead singer lee downer i mean he had he had quite a varied uh vocal range so he could he could do the i mean uh, when you listen to someone like him you immediately know that well he's clearly a fan of somebody who's you know a very much a fan of the kind of mid-90s uh grunge era sound um but yet he can also do the you know the very kind of uh erratic kind of aggressive vocal approach you know he can he can scream uh but yeah he's also got that in his wheelhouse so he can also kind of do the i mean do you know like bands like alice and chains and nirvana they they, they always did like meow, 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 meow. they did that kind yeah. of thing. they did that thing with their voice where they kind of they did that really gruffy kind of vocally approach. Um You know,
2: I did a bad example there, but... No, you did a perfect Gary the Snail Seattle grunge.
0: Well, there we go, you know.
1: If I may butt in, that was a much better cover of a battle girl than West Borland ever did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. I mean, I'm just saying that, so when when you look at that kind of vocal approach uh at that genre of music uh there was a heck of a there was a heckle of a lot of bands that that came from that so we've just mentioned bush so gavin rosdale obviously you know i'd imagine he would have heard a lot of these seattle bands and he would have then you know introduced that vocal approach into records such as Razorblade suitcase um 16 stone i think is the the follow-up record or even the record prior to it prior to it um but with low lives you can clearly tell that they were very much a band that were influenced by that style of music um but when you listen to their output so i mean we're obviously for the sake of the podcast we're talking about their recent release of uh, i don't like you um but as i say i mean i've been following this band since their incarnation i mean it's just it's just catchy grunge based music that you just cannot deny uh i mean you know nirvana are a band that have clearly you know they've they clearly made their impact and you know nirvana everyone knows that you know there was they've got like this simplicity to their music uh but when you then listen to the vocals of someone like Kurt Cobain and you realize that he's starting to you know he's basically talking about shit that's clearly very personal to him and he's got like this very weathered voice uh that was kind of part of the appeal because you know (laughs) You listen to something like i don't know let's say lithium and you actually listen to the uh the vocals and like the way that he articulate you know the way that he articulates them yeah it's just you, you can't get around the fact that this is like quite a sincere emotional song and um when it comes to low lives they very much do that like you know they're quite simple songs but when you listen to the vocals, they're just like, they're just incredible. Like, you know, it's it's very much in that kind of Cobain-esque manner where it's like, you know, they're very sincere and they're very kind of uh, emotional. And, uh, you know, they've obviously got the songs to back them up. I mean, uh, what did you guys think when you heard like, uh, I mean, I don't like you, for example. I mean, did you guys resonate with it much?
1: Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I felt like this was the grunge that I fell in love with, like Alice in Chains being the main example that I would use. I just felt like it's grunge and it brings me back to the good old days. I loved it.
2: Yeah. What about you, Christoph? Yeah, yeah. I fucking dug it. I liked the way that it rose and I liked the way that it fell. And I liked the acoustic version of it. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think that was really, really well done. I liked that even with the acoustic, they didn't try and make it sound sparkly. In any yeah. way, they kept it sounding quite raw and they kept it sounding nice and authentic. It was fucking wicked. Yeah, it yeah. made me I want
1: mean... to maliciously wear some flannel like Eddie Vedder.
2: I, <laughs> I also think at the end, I was kind of a bit gutted that I was like, oh, okay, you know, you threw it into the suggestions last minute. So it was kind of handy when I looked at it. I was like, oh, it's only two tunes and an acoustic song. Cool. Great. And then you get to the end, and you're wow. like, but that was only two songs and an acoustic version. <laughs> you know,
0: like,
1: yeah. It
0: like, kind of it, it, it kind of leaves you gasping for more. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- this is what I love about it. It's just there's you know, I mean, it's it's kind of trite to say, but there's that famous quote where they say that you know if your song doesn't sound good acoustic then it's not a good song um but when you listen to low lives you listen to all of their uh discography up to this point i mean granted there's probably only about maybe you know 12 songs that they've released up to this point and uh all of them you could picture sounding incredible acoustic as well as you know uh, live, and um you know, uh, I, I for one, just think that they're just like such, such an underrated band. Uh, I mean, when you look at their at the amounts of plays that they've had and and their social media presence, for me personally, I listen to their output and then I look at the amount of social media presence that they have, and I just think why aren't you the size of, like, a, you know, a f- <laughs> emotionless and white, or why aren't you the size of, like, a, uh, you know, I mean, dare I say it, why aren't you the size of, like, a shine down or anything like that? Because, yeah. you know, they're that fucking, they're that consistent and they're that good songwriters uh, that there's no reason why they shouldn't be as big as those people. Um Yeah. You know, so I I thought it was just great. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and I thoroughly enjoyed all the material they've released up and up until this point. Um, I mean, I I don't really know what more else I can uh, I can say. Really, they were just a just an incredible band, and I sincerely hope that they do get the attention that they deserve uh off the back of of this this brilliant EP. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else to add to that one, or are you guys quite satisfied with uh, with low lives there?
1: Yeah, I'd say I'm satisfied.
0: Yeah, alright, cool. Alright, well, uh, moving on from the reviews section of the show, so uh, this is the, uh, the renowned, slated and celebrated version of the show. Ooh, uh, yes. So, we've obviously dived into records such as Machine Head, Suicide Silence, um, but we're actually going to look into uh, a band called Parkway Drive this week uh, with their, well album is it, Barnaby? Is it their fifth?
1: Is that right? It is. IRE, uh, or I-R-E, however you uh, fifth. want okay. to pronounce it.
0: So this is the fifth studio record by IRE, by Parkway Drive. Um, so, I mean, we, we may have mentioned them in previous episodes, but Parkway Drive being very much... A band that are associated to that kind of uh, deathcore, metalcore sound.
1: Yeah, more metalcore uh, than deathcore, but yeah, along those lines. Yep, yeah,
0: yeah, metalcore. Uh, I mean, prior to this, I mean, the band were uh, very much renowned for records such as uh, Deep Blue, uh, Wild Eyes.
1: Yeah, um, uh, yeah Wild Eyes was off the record, Atlas. So you're getting Atlas. Sorry, Atlas, my Deep yeah oh sorry atlas deep blue even going back to their days of idols and anchors back in 2008 with uh boneyards
0: yep i mean i same Gary. and i mean as far as i understand i mean they were very much a band um that were kind of uh in the tradition of the in the wake of all those bands such as killswitch engage and um all that remains they were one of these bands these kind of metalcore bands that were uh Looking to appeal to those audiences, and uh, for the most part, as Barnaby said, I mean, you had records such as, uh, uh, you know, Atlas and Deep Blue, that were uh, aiming to towards those audiences. But the band themselves uh, were very much specifically, if I, I mean, for me personally, Winston McCool, who had like this very kind of uh, different vocal approach. So a lot of those vocalists, I mean, I always found that Winston McCall was very much kind of um, he he had like this, this voice that stood out from a lot of his peers. Uh, I mean, what was your relationship with Parkway Drive Barnaby before we get into Aya itself?
1: Yeah, um, my relationship with Parkway Drive started in sixth form where I was obviously as a metalhead in training. Let's say I was looking to get into new music and a lot of my friends have recommended albums such as, well, their debut Killing With a Smile, for one, and Idols and Anchors say like, oh, this is, um, if you want to go down this path, check this band out. And I instantly became hooked. I think the first song I heard was... uh, Wild Eyes, if I remember correctly. So I got brought up on the old school of Parkway Drive before they had their change in sound when it came to IRE and most recently, Reverence, which they released in 2018.
0: Okay. What about you, Christoph? Did you have much of a relationship with the band prior to this?
2: So I listened to them in drips and drabs. I'd never really listened to whole albums and stuff. But I think I was just put off by an ex-girlfriend's obsession with them. (laughs) <laughs> like you know, you know, when someone's like fully obsessed with a band or a series, yeah. so much that you're like, it can't be that good, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I get it, really and, and then I think after we broke up, I was kind of resentful too. I'm like, she, because you know, we'd talk about music and she just bang on about it and I couldn't bring myself to because I'm like, oh god, repressed memories but like, I've never hated them and I've just never really delved a, deep enough into them because of repressed memories
0: mm. Yeah, I mean uh, I kind of feel that bands that were very much of that ilk that were uh, you know I mean, metalcore in itself kind of It's metal, but it kind of triggers the emotional side of it, you know. So you've you've kind of got bands such as Killswitch Engage, which, you know, vocally especially, they bring a lot of the uh, emotional appeal in terms of, uh, you know, overcoming stuff and, uh, you know, coming coming out of, like, quite hard relationships. And um, Parkway Drive most definitely fall in that kind of ilk when it comes to uh to, to metalcore especially uh yeah so it's understandable that you you know you kind of felt that way coming into this um so as i say i mean parkway were very much kind of the traditional metalcore bands so you know when we think of metalcore we think of the heavy 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 here's a melodic bit and here's another heavy bit, here's a breakdown, end of song. And yeah. uh, that kind of seemed to be a template that a lot of metalcore bands seemed to follow. Um, some of them were good at it, some of them weren't. I kind of feel that, uh, you know, Killswitch were very much the pioneers of that sound when it came to, you know, breakdowns and melodic parts and, you know, heavy parts, Um And in the wake of that, we had a load of bands such as, you know, as I say, All That Remains that were kind of, you know, following on from that trend of bands that were doing this kind of breakdown, melodic, heavy kind of style of music. Um, But then when Parkway came along, um, you know, they, they had like a very much like adrenaline filled part of it so that, you know, they would come along and they would do those do those traditional uh you know melodic heavy parts but then they would have winston mccall who was such like a heavy singer and he wouldn't he he wouldn't ever kind of divulge into those melodic areas of the genre he would just purely be like somebody who would go for it every time on on every record he would purely just like scream his fucking lungs out um until we, uh, you know, we eventually get to an album like Aya, which, uh, you know, kind of got to a point where Parkway were feeling, I'd imagine like, OK, well, we've written a couple of records now where it's just purely just like heavy, heavy, heavy. Here's a breakdown back to the heavy end song. Um, but, you know, Parkway, I'd imagine creative and creatively got to a point where they were like, OK, well, we know that we're obviously quite good at doing these sort of uh, you know heavy 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 breakdown heavy heavy but they kind of in a way wanted to uh, uh, widen their wings and kind of start to bring on a lot more melodic uh, stuff into their sound. Um, So when it came to to Parkway and, and them kind of flexing their wings so to speak uh i mean i remember on the build-up to Aya, uh i mean bear in mind that you know parkway had released records such as uh atlas and deep blue and uh you know i was a fan of those records but you know uh, up to this point parkway hadn't have done any kind of melodic uh songs and um I remember getting a Metal Hammer compilation rec- uh, CD which, uh, which which essentially kind of, you know, gave you a, uh, a compilation of all the up-and-coming songs off of records that were due to be released in the next year or so. And um, Parkway had debuted a brand new song from the up-and-coming com- up- record at the time called uh, Vice Grip um and i distinctly remember putting in the record in my car as i was driving to work one day and i knew that it was track free and uh i, I was waiting for it to come along i was like okay well you know blah 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 i'm waiting for the parkway song to come along because i know that yeah. it's going to be you know that traditional fucking uh you know crushing deathcore sound i uh, met uh, metal metalcore sound should i say and uh as soon as vice grip started to play i kind of found myself looking at the uh at the uh sort of center corner of the car and i was like i'm sorry is this parkway drive like what am i listening to at the moment like this isn't what parkway sound like whatsoever because it had like this this very much kind of like uh chorus uh kind of like chanty sound to it where it was just like you know you know what i'm talking about when i when i when i say vice grip immediately what comes to mind is the whoa whoa, whoa uh, yeah you know, like that that immediate kind of chanty um sort of sound and it, it wasn't anything that parkway had done up to that point i was just like what the fuck is this? And I I felt really kind of conflicted because I was like, I liked it, but at the same time, I was like, well, I like it, but this isn't the band that I was a fan of up to that point. Uh, I mean, what was your first impressions when you heard Vice Grip, Barnaby? I mean, did did you feel the same or what was your thoughts towards it?
1: I think the first two listens, obviously, when the melodic guitar, comes out, it's like day, 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 did day, day. I was like, yeah. "Hang on a second, this is not something I've heard before ever." Like yeah. even going back to songs like "Dark Days" and "Home Is for the Heartless," where they have even a slightest little hint of melody. This is like, "Hang on, this can't be Parkway." What's going on? And yeah. I remember listening to it, thinking, "Okay, I'm gonna give it like a couple of hours, and then go and listen to it again." And then the second time I listened to it, something just clicked in my mind, and I was like holy shit, I get it now. This is fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. it was like, on the second go, it just clicked. I was like, I can see why they made this change. It makes complete sense. It makes perfect sense now.
0: Yeah. I uh, I mean, obviously, Christoph, you've said that the band themselves kind of reminded you specifically of a previous relationship. I mean, going into this album, did you feel like there was much of a change when you first heard it? Or was it very much like, oh, okay, this does very much remind me of you
2: know what they had done previously no so like when i when i listened to her like i listened to her and i've listened to a lot of their older stuff but i've never they're not someone who i used to have like chosen to put on so i always kind of synonymously knew them as someone heavier because i think we were together i want to say about eight years ago so it was prior to this album yeah so listening to anything that i got like shown of theirs or played of theirs was a lot heavier um Mm -hmm. and listening to you can kind of kind of understand where people have gone come from with it but it did seem to age kind of well yeah you know
0: yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, i mean um in terms of uh, parkway as a band i felt that they themselves consider the fact that i mean it was only two weeks ago that we were talking about suicide silence and the fact that them as a band were very much considered as the 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 kings of deathcore and you can only assume that the members within that band assumed to themselves that well i don't ever want to be known as the the person that writes deathcore riffs and i kind of want to aspire to be somebody that does more than that so i'm assuming that parkway would have probably gone through the same thought process as in you know we do this we do this specific thing uh but we want to kind of appeal to a wider audience a wider audience and we want to kind of uh, you know flex our wings and um, you know off the back of Atlas which was the record prize uh, uh, you know there was very much I feel like a decision as in you know let's not kind of repeat the same tricks that we had done up to this point let's see whether or not we can do something different but also bring with us the fan base that we had built up to that point, um, which I feel that I um vice grip was the perfect example of that, because not only did you have the traditional kind of Parkway sound with, the you know, the very, very heavy beatdown esque element of Parkway. But you also had this very melodic side to them that you hadn't have heard before. You know, there was like this like very anthemic chanty aspect to, you know, we're writing this song and we know that when we play it live, there's going to be over a thousand people screaming, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, it's just it's just one of those songs that, you know, is going to get so much interaction uh, when you play it live. And I feel that when you get further and further into, uh aya as a record that was very much a conscious decision by the band to have these songs that incorporated a lot more kind of um k- k- kind of interaction with the crowd when playing it live including melodic elements to it exactly you
1: know? yeah um
0: and uh yeah i mean i i think when Parkway initially released Vice Grip as a as a single from the record itself. I think that was the very first song that they had let slip when it came to this new record. You had so many people immediately jumping on their backs, saying, "What the fuck is this? This doesn't sound like a song like Deliver Me or fucking you know Karma." uh, Yeah, I mean this isn't the traditional Parkway that we know and love. What's going on? But I mean, you look at it, you look at it now and you can't imagine it not being a song that's, you know, in their set list and being like one that they open with now. Because it's just such a powerful and sort of, uh, you know, song that song that you associate the band with.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, Yeah. I mean, uh, (laughs) I mean, the record in itself, I mean. You know, um, it, it's just it's just a perfect in, embodiment of a band that have made a conscious decision to not only keep the sound that everyone's aware of with them, uh, but also strive to appeal to bigger and wider audiences. You know?
1: Yeah, um, exactly. Well, yes. What I think they've what I think they've done is if they just decided, well, now it's time to change our sound. Let's go for gold. Because when you hear songs like Vice Grip, Destroyer, Crushed. Those are all songs you can picture either being a played at festival headlining spot, Mm -hmm. which, might I add, Parkway Drive have done at Bloodstock two thousand and nineteen. They were headlining on the Saturday, or like headlining arena tours, which they were meant to do last year before shit kicked off because of COVID. Obviously, yeah, it's like they knew what they could achieve and they went for it.
0: Absolutely, I mean, exactly. The fact that you know the band that went from being this very much traditional metalcore uh, band you know flex their wings and they essentially went from being this band that were like okay well they they do this kind of sound have eventually now strived to the point where they can do bigger venues and they can headline festivals purely based off of the fact that they've made a conscious decision to change the way that they uh they sound and you know incorporate all of these different elements uh you know it's just like it goes without saying i mean when we look at bands like you know we talked about suicide silence that we're trying to do something different other than the sounds that they were known for i feel like this was something that we're trying to do but the problem is unlike parkway rather than you know gradually introduce these elements into their sound which is what Aya did for parkway they yeah, immediately yeah. jumped into you know trying to do that thing which you know alienated a lot of the fans that they had built up to that point yeah. uh but whereas with parkway their fan base were with them uh when it came to ire you know they understood the fact that the band were trying to appeal to bigger bigger audiences and they were trying to uh incorporate all these different sounds um you know and uh it really shows i mean um the fact that you know the parkway prior to this record were you know only doing venues like brixton whereas now you know <laughs> they're headlining bloodstock they were supposed to be uh doing wembley arena or yeah London arena. I,
1: think, I think we both had tickets for that didn't we Stephen?
0: we uh, we did i mean is yeah. gonna come along with it i've well. still got my
1: i've still got my ticket up on my shelf
0: yeah so i mean it just comes you know i mean that in itself just shows that the band themselves were clearly the decisions that they made up to that point were the right decisions because you know they clearly built up a a a big a a vast fan base and a wider fan base
1: yeah Uh, exactly i want to bolster that quickly if i may with i don't mean to get all like technical and all that. I want to bolster that with some albums figures over the last three albums. So That'll be Atlas, Ayer, and uh, Reverence, their latest effort. Yeah. So, the, the UK album charts, the OCC. So, when Atlas came out, it it charted at number 48, which is, is really good for a metalcore album. Not going to lie. It's a really solid effort. Yeah. When Ayer came along, it charted on the OCC at 23. Mm-hmm.
2: And then I uh, I will
1: add Reverence charted at 14. So you notice, since they changed their sound, it has been an upward climb in the charts. Now, I know for some of the diehard fans, that may be like, oh, well, they're selling out. They're just doing it for the money. Well, hang on. If a band's changing their sound to grow more of a fan base, to get more people into the genre of music that we love, and get more people into metal, how is that not a good thing?
0: Uh, I mean, exactly. I mean, it, it speaks for itself, you know. It's just the fact that there's a band here that have clearly uh made a conscious decision to strive for more than what they were known for uh and you know here we have aya which is a perfect representation of that um and the fact that there's a lot of bands now that are being penalized for trying to do that but yeah, yeah, you point to Parkway Drive and they think, well, they did it and it worked. But yet, all these other bands that are trying to do it and they're being penalised for it, you think, well, why should they be penalised, you know? I mean, yeah,
1: exactly. I think, you... if I may button again, I think this is going to happen when Architects release their new album, because then we're noticing a slight change in sound in that band. So we'll have to see how them changing their sound compares to how Parkway did it. See if they get slated as much.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, uh in terms of, of architects themselves, uh, I mean, well, they're obviously their their new record is due uh, only in a few weeks. So obviously, when it comes to you know what they've done with their new album, I mean, time will tell. Uh, I mean, you can you can assure that we're going to be looking into it. But from uh, exactly. from a Parkway point of view, I just like the fact that there's obviously a band that have clearly made. A very conscious effort to appeal to a much wider audience. Uh, and obviously, they've yeah. approached it in the correct way, as opposed to dive bombing into this completely different sound that alienates your fan base. They've, they've brought the fan base with them.
1: Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I love this record from start to finish. And I love Reverence, the follow up as well. I feel like, in a way, this laid a lot of the foundation for Reverence so that was obviously yeah. this was a launching platform for the sound that parkway drive wanted to achieve my only mm. gripe with this album is that they released the deluxe edition that had two new songs on it that weren't on the um regular edition of the album one of them is called devil's calling that song is so amazing it should have been on the regular edition of the album why they chose to only have it on the del- on the deluxe edition i do not know if yeah. you haven't heard it go listen to devil's calling by parkway drive it should have been on the regular edition of the album i think
0: <laughs> yeah i mean uh again parkway drive uh a band very much i feel that are showing up quite a consist- uh quite a quite a, uh a considerable amount of bands within this genre of music essentially showing them that you can become bigger without having to sound the same as any other band you can you know sound you you can start to incorporate different sounds into your music as well as stay true to your original sound uh without alienating people and um you know I, I i hope that uh for me personally i don't think parkway have topped Aya since as much as i love reverence i feel that they they probably can still uh make a better record uh but yeah. you know we, we'll see what what happens uh, in yeah. terms of uh
1: parkway but yeah, yeah exactly. reverence reverence is still great though
0: one hundred percent. I mean, Reverence is an incredible record, but you can be rest assured that there is definitely uh, better stuff to come from Parkway. Exactly. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, uh, unless you, anyone's, have you got anything else to add to the Parkway, Christoph? Or did you? Uh, did you? You know? Did you enjoy this as it was, despite it reminding you of
2: previous relationships? <laughs> yeah, No, I'm. I'm good. I mean, listening to this album, obviously my bias against them because of an ex-girlfriend meant that I hadn't delved into them. So my only gripes with yeah. this record could have been that either A, it wasn't as heavy, like you guys had said, as their previous works, or B, the fact that, like, it was a very inspiring album. And I know that a lot of yeah. metal music comes with that sort of, things will get better. People like, everyone just, they're just screaming. And you're like, well, they're screaming about nice things. Like, yeah, yeah, this record like, was very much like, there are butterflies and rainbows at the end of the bad things, guys. You know? So I felt like it, it was quite an uplifting, quite an inspiring album. Yeah. Like but take yeah. a song
1: like Vice Grip for instance.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like I fucking loved Crushed. I loved Bottom Feeder. Like yeah, I loved the album yeah. as a whole. There was a lot of that anthemic, like, I don't know what song it was. It's lots of yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Vice, so, that's Vice Grip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was yeah. a lot of anthem, but then like those sorts of things are necessary to build that crowd hype, you know. If you're someone like me who might have mm-hmm. seen them at a festival and doesn't know, you can get involved. Exactly. So that, yeah. you yeah. know, they're a necessary evil. But yeah it was, was, necessary. yeah, it was enjoyable.
1: Yeah, I'll agree unpresent that. Hopefully, next time I see them, the bass player will not be in a wheelchair. <laughs> like,
0: and uh you know. Be <laughs> and christoph won't be reminded of a uh, a bad relationship yeah. uh, if, parkway,
1: but... if parkway drive they ever end up listening to this podcast, Joy O'Connor, please look after yourself don't end up in the wheelchair for the next time we see you. I want to see you jumping around on stage yeah
0: I want to see you on those fucking platforms that raise um but uh yeah uh parkway drive uh Aya. an incredible record for a band that have decided to uh progress with their sound. Um, but yeah I mean uh, that about does it for episode 5 of the RIP podcast so we really 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 appreciate you listening to uh, to the podcast and uh, don't forget to uh, subscribe and like any of the social platforms such as Instagram, Facebook uh, and uh, YouTube and uh, we will see you next week for uh, a load more stuff so uh, once again thank you very very much for listening and we shall catch you next week uh thank you very much everybody and bye bye for now.
1: Goodbye for Peace.
0: now. See you later.